0: Hey everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Rare Petro Podcast. We got you an episode of Monday Madness. Today is April 13th, Monday, and i tell you what, I'm starting to go a little stir-crazy sitting at home. Fortunately, the other day, uh, I got outside, went and ran some trails near my home, came back, worked out in the lawn for a little bit, found some bricks to use as free weights and an old broomstick I could use as a bar to put those bricks onto, and It was a good time. I enjoyed it and got to thankfully spend the day with the roommates in my house sitting out in the yard throwing back a couple of brews and I think my greatest takeaway from that day was a nasty sunburn. (laughs) Let me tell you I got absolutely toasted. I forgot we just came out of winter. I was too welcoming to the spring weather we're experiencing here in Colorado but Mother Nature put me back in check already. I mean today it's snowing so... (laughs) Uh, I got some time to let that burn heal up, but hopefully all of you out there are taking care of your health as well, working on maintaining a decent sleep schedule and, you know, a couple push-ups here and there never hurt anybody. But you didn't come here to listen to me talk to you as a fitness instructor. You came here for some news. First, we will be starting off with some news of last Friday. Now, as some of you know, there was a G20 summit meeting where OPEC members and other large oil producers of the world bet to try to address The current situation. Now, originally that meeting was scheduled for, I think, Monday or Tuesday last week, but it was postponed right after some hot comments came out from Russia and Saudi Arabia, if you remember last week's Monday Madness episode. But the good news is there seems to have been an agreement. It seems that the meeting on Friday was successful because a 3.7 million barrel per day production cut was pledged across the board by the members. Although it was no surprise that the production cuts were achieved, it is still good news to hear in a time like this. The statement that the G20 summit issued was, To underpin global economic recovery and to safeguard our energy markets, we commit to work together to develop collaborative policy responses. We recognize the commitment of some producers to stabilize energy markets. We acknowledge the importance of international cooperation in ensuring the resilience of energy systems. Now, although I have to admit that this is a painfully cookie-cutter response statement, it is nice to know that the energy markets are working together on a global level. Even so, the United States has not officially pledged a production cut. Trump did meet with Mexican President Manuel Obrador after Mexico refused to cut 400,000 barrels per day under the OPEC Plus agreement. But after consulting with one another, Obrador reported the U.S. would cut 250,000 barrels per day to help Mexico, who plans to cut only 100,000. I know it seems like a rather strange agreement for Trump to make, kind of a compromise, if you will, but he did follow the statement by saying Mexico will, quote, reimburse the United States when it can. I personally do not see that happening if Trump does leave office, so only time will tell how that agreement plays out, and I'm not exactly what form of reimbursement he would ask for. I assume monetary, but... I wonder in what form. Does that mean production cuts later? Maybe it won't be such a bad idea after all. Even so, I expect that production in the U.S. will probably decrease even further than that pre-alleged 250,000 barrels per day in a homeland effort as many E&P companies are realizing that production needs to decrease drastically. I mean, we've been harping on it for a while. You can only imagine what these companies are saying. I mean, if we want prices to rebound... This is a good thing coming out of E&P. So some estimates predict domestic production could fall around 2 million barrels per day. If that's the case, this is a damn good deal for Mexico. 2 million compared to the 100,000? Cutting 5% of what the U.S. cuts after reading some publicly available reports and interviews from the Department of Energy and commissioners from big oil producing states? I gotta say, well played, Mexico. Well played. Well played. While this is good news for now, things are likely to get worse before they get better. For those of you who don't follow me on LinkedIn, you know, Tavis Killian is the name if you care to do so. And while you're there, go ahead and add Rare Petro as well. Lots of great news articles, great resources. A lot of what I'm speaking on is covered there more in depth by a lot of our other employees. But last month, I predicted that the rate of infection would level by about the second week of April. Well... Here we are, and it's beginning to decrease in rate, but it will likely be another two weeks or more before the total number infected falls to a flat, even rate. This means that the demand is still down at least 20 million barrels per day, if not lower due to the virus. This is at least a 20% decrease in worldwide demand. In short, this G20 agreement to cut production is great, but we likely won't see the benefits until we rise above this pandemic hullabaloo. Even though don't forget that there is also an ocean full of oil as people ran out of space to store the oil on land. We've got investors, we've got companies, we've got producers. Lots of people are holding on to this in this contango environment, waiting for those commodity prices to increase so they can sell for a profit. We will have to write out that distribution of that oversupply, which will likely level prices for the foreseeable future. In terms of the pandemic, it seems that, uh, well... Initially, we went into it with the mission of flattening the curve. And now, with all the government's efforts, it seems like no one's getting sick. I mean, from a numbers perspective, ideally, our hospitals would be operating at near capacity. Very stressful for those employees, I know. But then, we would be dealing with this as quickly as we can. I fear right now we're just prolonging the infection rate. If that means that a few more people aren't exposed to it, then that's fantastic. But I was reading a report that said coronavirus was living in someone's respiratory system for 37 days, I believe. So they were infected for two weeks and they were good for a little bit after that. But the virus was still found within their body living 37 days from the day of infection. That's terrifying. If that's the case, I really don't think trying to prevent as many people from getting sick as possible is going to work out effectively. I know this is a pretty controversial statement, especially for those healthcare workers out there. I don't know how many listen to this. I know my dad does, so hopefully he doesn't crucify me as he (laughs) works within the health industry. But it is going to be interesting to see how this plays out. No one really has an idea what's going to happen. Uh, We keep making estimates, but of course, that's all it is, speculation. Hell, that's all this podcast is. You come here for speculation, and I do what I can to give you the best. Let's move on from that last article. Oh, actually, before that, while I was writing this script this morning, some more news popped up. And Saudi Arabia will be adjusting its pricing so that Asia gets cheaper prices. Now, most of its other operations have gone back to normal. But it is trying to get rid of some of this excess oil. Just trying to get rid of this stock as quickly as possible. So it is selling slightly discounted to Asia. And we'll see how the rest of the world perceives that. Will they be upset that Asia is getting a better deal? Will they feel that Saudi Arabia is not doing their part? We will see as it's been pretty tumultuous already. And Oh man, there was another article. I think it said, uh, oh, it was Robin Hood Snacks. I was reading the Robin Hood Snacks email this morning and it said this episode on the real housewives of OPEC. And I feel like that summed up this situation pretty well. Other than that, let's get on to a news story. If you have left the house lately and you're considered an essential worker or if you just need to pick up some gasoline, you've likely noticed that prices are pretty low. Wholesale gas prices are plummeting. During this hectic time, we gotta take the good with the bad, even if it seems like the scales are tipping in favor of bad. The good news is that consumers will be saving a hell of a lot of money on gasoline, Although the bad news is that this is just another benchmark to judge how poorly oil prices are really doing. Refineries are making anywhere from $0.35 to as low as $0.10 on the gallon of the oil that they refine into gasoline. Pair this with the fact that stay-at-home ordinances have cut the demand for gasoline in half from a normal 9.8 million barrels per week to 5.1 million barrels per week, and you've got a terrible situation to brew in. The biggest difference between demand changes in the past and the ones we are experiencing now is the time frame. Typically, demand will shift in terms of months and years, not just a few weeks like we've experienced with COVID-19. Refineries are now experiencing the same problem that the rest of the world faces, where inventories are chock full, and production is far too great. It is not unlikely that smaller refineries will begin to shut down. I mean, it's already kind of happening. It's already begun. A marathon refinery in New Mexico is currently in the process of shutting down, and larger refineries are starting to realize that heavy cuts to production are necessary for survival, especially because the nation has a 50-day supply of gasoline in reserves at normal consumption, which is about 100 days at current consumption rates. Had this happened in any time without people staying at home, it would have likely been a little bit better. Although gas prices are relatively inelastic, that is, their demand doesn't adjust too much with change in price, Decreases this drastic are typically stimulative and encourage people to travel, especially on a weekend like Easter weekend. Unfortunately, no one will be driving soon, even if the futures market predicts gas will be around 70 cents nationally by May, even worse on the East Coast. Damn shame, as I would have liked to take a road trip had the circumstances been a little bit different, but I guess my truck's broken down anyways, so (laughs) what am I really missing out on? Even so, uh, unemployment continues to rise. I'm going to wrap up that podcast. I know a lot of you who listen to this podcast are students, and uh, it is some tough times. I I just got another email this morning saying that thank you for your application. We are suspending the process, the hiring process, because they said, as some of you may or may not have heard, the coronavirus has severely impacted the oil prices. I thought it was funny to imagine my other candidates living under a rock, but... I guess that's only better for me in a competitive market. So students who do listen to this, keep your chin up, keep applying to jobs. Realize that you may have to look at other solutions temporarily until the market comes back around, but it won't come back around. That about wraps up everything I'd like to talk about. Make sure to subscribe to Rare Petro and wash your hands still. Try to get some physical activity in. Don't want you getting too depressed. And take care, friends.